And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this live reaction of the Albion Obsessed team as we chat about the new announcement that Brighton and Hove Albion have announced the appointment of Roberto De Zerbi on a four-year deal pending international clearance. Boys, are we excited. Aaron, um, it feels like this has been rumbling on forever, not necessarily De Zerbi, but generally speaking, from the moment that Potter exited the club to now, it's been a relatively short period of time. However, at times it has felt like it's been going on forever. What have, what have your uh, thoughts been during this time? Yeah, it's been a strange one, isn't it, really? But like you said, it's, it feels like it has been dragging on a little bit. Um, not even just with uh, the Zerbi's name maybe mentioned, just the whole entire saga, really, since Potter was appointed last week, a couple of weeks back now. Last week? Yeah, last week. God, it's gone quick, isn't it? Um, you know, a, a lot's happened at that time, and I'm glad it's done. And now it's time to get the ball rolling and see, see how we get us on. I mean, really, it's a brand new era. It's something to be excited about, especially from everything I've seen and heard of him. In fact, he's wanted by Juve as well. It, it speaks volumes. That's... Uh, that's just one of the biggest clubs in European football wanted him, then he must be doing something right. That's for damn sure. Yeah, you'd certainly like to think so. Hello, uh, join us. Uh, join us. Hello, listeners and viewers. Welcome to uh, this special live reaction to the announcement that uh, Roberto De Zerbi has joined Brighton and Hove Albion. Yes, De Zerbi's tricky goals indeed, Cam. We are very much looking forward to this. Uh, Curtis, there was a few names being thrown around, the likes of... Uh, Shatil Knutson, uh, you know Nathan Jones, Cooper from Forest, but it turns out that really only Brighton wanted one man, and that was Roberto De Zerbi. What have you made of some of the names that have been linked to the club? I did say something along the lines of, "I can't wait for us to hire someone I've never heard of," and that's exactly what's what's happened. And I think I think that's actually fantastic because clearly. Uh, They've been doing a lot of scouting around the leagues to try and find someone that fits our style of play perfectly, and it seems like they've got a a, a really good, uh, really good guy in there. They're reading up about what he's been doing with his other clubs, uh, the success he's had, the way he plays. I think he's a really good fit, ultimately. Yeah, let's certainly hope so. Uh, as as I say, like lots of names were being banded about, but it looks like the club have got their man. By the way, Tom, now now we're not linked with him. I'm just going to call him Nutson, just so you're aware. You do you, Curtis. It matters not one bit. And as Joe has rightfully pointed out, Dan, we haven't had to poach another manager, another another team's manager, um, which was obviously a bit of a sore point from our perspective um, when Chelsea came and they uh, took Graham Potter, of course, we did allow that to happen. But Dan, does it feel almost like we can continue to keep that moral high ground in that we haven't had to take a manager from a team relatively early in the season? I think it's a good thing that we didn't take anyone else's managers, obviously interrupting some of the season. But um, obviously, if we if we were interested in, obviously, Kajil Knutson, um, but we've now had to pr pr try and pronounce for ages, and now we don't need to. Um, and uh, and you know, obviously we had to take it away from him. And obviously, I was reading that apparently they weren't really wanting to let him go either. So probably, if if it wasn't the first choice, it probably been slightly 
slightly ahead because obviously him not having the club, no need to sort of ask for commission. They should just go straight to him and go, look, are you really interested? So I think I think he would be a good person for the job. I've seen a lot about him, seen a lot of videos. He seems like a decent choice. So I'm very happy with that. Yeah, he is a good choice, I think, um, from what we've read about him. And we're going to share some of the notes that Joe made uh, about the man in just a bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it does... There is a smug sense of sort of at least we haven't had to sort of deprive or take a, a team's manager away from them so early in a season. Um, one of the things, Aaron, that um, De Zerbi apparently said that as soon as Potter left, as he's been look, watching our games, um, he's been keeping a close eye on the club. What do you make of that? Do you think that's quite an important that he himself has been quite vocal in the press about, you know, being interested in Brighton? Or do you think that was agent talk, just trying to big him up a little bit? Um, I can't really, I can't really say, to be honest, because I don't know what he's been like in the press before. I, I If it was, if it's true that he, he has actually, you know, sat and watched hours and hours of footage before, you know, basically saying that I am really interested in this job, you know, I will, even before... We speak to him. Not he's offering himself out, saying, "You know, I will watch these this footage and learn and sort of just try and figure out the way that how the Premier League works, not even just how we work, just how the Premier League works." Because you know, obviously not experienced in the Premier League, but he's done it in done it in Syria. He's done it in Ukraine. Obviously, situation over there. He decided to walk away from Shakhtar, which is obviously our our gain. Um, in in that sense, but I, I hope it's true. It's one of those things where I really hope it is true that he he he's, he said like, yeah, I want to I want to watch and learn everything I can, and it's and it's not just agent agent talk trying to big him up. But I hope I I, I couldn't could tell you Tom. I really couldn't. It's like I said, it's we don't. I personally don't know enough about him to be like, oh yeah, it, it, you know, he's definitely just his agents just chatting him up. Or I, I generally don't know. I generally don't know. Yeah, that's fair, mate. That's fair. So um, a comment here from Mark saying that it's exciting times ahead, Curtis. Now, as I say, our boy uh, Joe has been doing a bit of digging and he found out some uh, information about De Zerbi. And there's a little quote that Joe found in that Kevin Prince-Boateng put De Zerbi above any other coach that he has worked with in his career. One of those being a particular Jurgen Klopp. What do you make of that, Curtis? Fantastic. It's very, very good to hear as well. And um, I'm not sure who this Jurgen Klopp guy is. I hope he does well wherever he, wherever he is. Uh, but uh, ultimately, no, no, that's it's just it's really good to hear. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, again, uh, to, to echo what we've already said, he sounds like a really interesting prospect. Uh, and I'm just excited to see what he does with with our our team. So bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, definitely. And there's just a, co uh, a comment here, Curtis, saying, can we have Nacho Friend as assistant FIFA 10 content for days? Yes. Well, just watch we... this. Watch this space. There's definitely more coming very, very soon. <laughs> we look forward to it, Curtis. We look forward to it indeed. So, Dan, let's talk about the results that uh, teams under De Zerbi 
um, have achieved. So results haven't always been completely, excuse me, listeners and viewers, uh, although results may have not looked incredibly pretty with some of the squads that he's worked with, it seems to be the ideas that get people really excited and inspired about De Zerbi's football. During a rough patch in his Sassuolo career, Roma was still looking at appointing him as replacement for caretaker coach Claudio Ranieri. And Dan, as uh, Aaron has already alluded to, Juventus were apparently also uh, interested in his signature. Brighton doing battle with big names in world football here, Dan, to to win this uh, coach or to win him over, I should say. Um, so, Dan, I mean, how does that, you know, when you put Brighton into the sentence with Juventus and Roma, how does that as a Brighton fan make you feel in the appointment? It seems like a huge coup. It does seem like one of those things. It's sort of like we we want to improve on who we had. Obviously, we did only get Graham Porter from um, Swansea from China for a lower for a lower league. Obviously, now getting someone who's relatively unknown completely to the English football football league, and then um, someone who's done very well in Serie A, which obviously is still one of the top leagues in the world. Um, it's a very interesting appointment to start off with. You know, on, on that basis. And obviously, Spurs as well, he had better options, really, if you really think about it. Like Juventus, one of the best teams in, in Italy. Um, the same with Roma as well. You know, he had good good options ahead of him, but he still stuck out, stuck out where he was. And obviously, then, then obviously, now been out of work since the whole Ukraine war started. So, yeah, it's, it, it, he did seem like a very exciting manager. The, the, the future is definitely looking good for us. And I think we needed that sort of maybe an extra bit of step because obviously if we do ever, you know, obviously get to Europe, at least then he knows that sort of level itself. So there's, it's always good to look towards that part of the future. And obviously, which is what something obviously Tony probably wants in, in a manager as well, having that bit of experience with that as well. That's a really good point, Dan. I mean, Aaron, I mean, in the past... We've hired managers who are perhaps relative unknowns um, or in the case of Chrissy Hewton, very good at a, a certain level of football. Um, but this time it seems that the club have gone out and have in particular sought after a manager with a degree of pedigree, uh, pedigree in the European leagues and who have done well for themselves. How important is it for you, Aaron, that we have gone after a manager and have, have got a new manager who has got that experience? Oh, Aaron, you're muted, my friend. You are muted. I was saying it's sort of a blessing and a curse. Um, It's a blessing that he's had European knowledge, as in Europa League, Champions League, etc. But also, it's a disadvantage the fact he's not managed in England. It sort of brings him roundabouts, really, at this moment in time. I mean, it'd be interesting. That's all because it's going to be really interesting to see how we set up on the 1st of October at Anfield and just see how we play and just see how... Though he's got, what, two weeks now. We haven't barely got anybody really on international duty, realistically, from the first team squad. So we it should be I'm looking forward to it, really looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. And now, Curtis, let's talk about how we might set up then. Um, it is said that De Zerbi likes or favours a possession base style playing out from the back so perhaps you know very much a continuation of what Potter was doing with the club uh, football was described by at the Athletic Serie A reporter James Honkwas Castle as beautiful 
to watch. Do you see it as a bit of a seamless transition between the Potter era and the Deserby era? Era? Do you think there will be many road bumps along the way? I mean, hopefully not. I mean, I hope we can just pick up sort of where we left off. Because um, I think we've been playing, you know, pr- pretty good, pretty good football, uh, apart from the Fulham game. Um, I think we've done we've done pretty well. So hopefully, you know, he can just uh, take that ball and run with it, and maybe do some um, more interesting things uh, with the squad. Maybe give some other players a bit of an opportunity and stuff. Um, but like to echo what Aaron said as well, it's just it's it's very exciting. You know, it's it's a fr- it's a fresh face, fresh ideas. Uh, bring it on, bring it on. Bring it on, indeed. And of course, viewers, if you have any comments, anything you'd like us to discuss, please drop us a comment and let us know because we're happy to chat about it. But in the meantime, Dan, when we did our um, manager episode, myself, you and Joe, you did a bit of research into the different managers. You researched how they played. Now, Deserby's an interesting one because... I think if you look at a lot of the teams that he's managed, he's set up in very different ways. He's played 4-3-3s. He's played 4-2-3-1, Do you think that he'll enjoy working with a nice cat there, Aaron? <laughs> um, do you think, Dan, that he will enjoy working with the versatile players that we have at the Albion? And do you see any particular well, formation setups that he might try and utilise? I mean, the only one interesting that you left out, obviously, that we always used to is three at the back. He hasn't really seemed to use that sort of system in his teams. Um, there always seem to be more four at the back, which obviously is lucky we have Purvis who can do that that left back role as itself. Um, I think that's probably something he might be look at maybe when he sort of goes for the team. Obviously, maybe all be used to be doing three at the back, whereas he might not want to do that. Maybe not. Maybe not at first. And maybe then, then he might. He's, he's got. They say he's got um, like uh, two weeks now to really sort it all out. And uh, so it's, it'd be it'd be very interesting to see how his first team is. There's always that first team you you always look towards, and you think this is how we're going to set up probably for the remainder of the season. So that's 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 what we will have to look out for and see if he does continue to go with uh, three three in the back, or maybe go back to go to a four, which, which he's more used to coaching. Yeah, definitely. It will be very interesting. Uh, thank you very much for your comment, Lee. It's great news too that he too that he's bringing in his own coaching staff. It might be that Potter's clear out has done us a favour in the long run. Deserby can hit the ground running, and no clash of coaching styles, no personality clashes either. Yeah, how important do you think that is, Aaron, for a coach to bring in? His own staff. I think it's 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 important, really. Um, like like you said, it doesn't really really clash with any ideas from Potter's old staff uh, to his. It's going to be a, hopefully be a smooth transition for him and his coaching staff. Obviously, I don't think the coaching staff's been announced yet, um, but I'd imagine we'll get those sort of sorted in the next sort of forty eight hours or so. And then from Wednesday, I'd imagine we'll crack we'll crack right on and really put put them through the players through their paces, and yeah, it should be good. It should be very good. Yeah, that first uh, training session will be such an interesting one to watch, to be a fly on the wall, as it were. Now, Curtis, a lot have been said about what is going to happen when Deserby comes in. Of course, it's 
bit of a blessing in a way that he's got these two weeks to work with the squad to see their strengths. Uh, do you think Deserby will, you know, just change everything all at once, change the style, change everything, or will he, having watched Brighton and Hove Albion's football, do you think it will be more of a gradual change um, over a, a period of time? Uh, I think more of a gradual one because watching it and actually managing these sets of players are com- two completely different things. And I, I feel like uh, once he's you know managed these guys, he'll be able to you know sort of work out what he can get from each ind- individual player, and he can then know what works and what doesn't. Um, but like I say, I hope you know. I hope there's not any sort of drastic changes immediately uh, because you know, as I said sort of before, if it isn't broken you know, don't fix it. Um, so, again, I guess we'll just have to see what uh, what he decides to do. And I agree with Joe. Can't wait for his press conference. Very much agree. Yeah, certainly will be interesting to hear him chat and hear his points on uh, joining the Albion. Um, there's a lot of wait and see, of course, with any signing of any new manager. It's always going to be a lot of wait and see. Um we know from what we've read, I suppose, that Deserby trusts in youth. Um, he's gone on record and said he wants to be a role model for his players um, and that his football philosophy is that teams should be strong with the ball. Now, Dan, we've got a lot of players that are strong with the ball. Uh, one of those we brought in this summer, Billy Gilmore. Um, a lot has been made about where he now fits in, considering that Graham Potter has gone. Um, do you, but do you think with a strong possession-based style of football, Billy Gilmore might be getting more regular game time? I think um, really with with his sort of thing, obviously, whereas they sort of, Tuchel basically said to him, you should go to Brighton and be underneath Potter and he'll, and he'll improve. And obviously now he's gone to Chelsea, which is completely ridiculous to start off with. Um, I think if he's... If he's going to be the same sort of manager towards the players as Potter basically is, then I just can't see if Billy Gilmore won't, won't improve as a player underneath him as well. So I, I'd i imagine there'd, there'd be no change. He'd be looking forward to basically seeing what he's about. He could be even better made, could, beyond what Potter could have made him to be. You just don't know. You'll never know. But that's where the what ifs would be. We have to you know, think about. But, you know, hopefully they don't need that and he'll be a, a better player to be underneath Deserby rather than Potter. Talking of what ifs, I'm just going to plug uh, a recording that myself and Joe did uh, with the author Spencer Vignes, who is the author of this wonderful book, Eric and Dave. We recorded an episode uh, the other night and it's well worth a watch uh, to you know get his experience. And he also does um, a little bit in the Matchday programme and his whole thing is what ifs, what if... Glenn Murray had never been sold at the end of that League One promotion season. What if Peter Ward had stayed with the club? What if Mark Lawrence had stayed with the club? This is the sort of stuff he writes about in the programme. So, guys, I strongly advise you to catch our episode with Spencer Vignes, author of Eric and Dave, A Lifetime of Football and Friendship, that is on our YouTube now. But less about that plug and more back about Deserby. Now, Aaron, I don't want to dwell too much on the past and under Graham Potter but if there was one thing that you would like to have tweaked about Graham Potter's tactics that you would like to see Deserby tweak or to change what would that be? I probably to be honest I don't think I can answer that because it's two different managers two different ideas two different mindsets 
and under Potter, there, there were some situations where I would get confused with the team sheets and he would prove me wrong. So I can't really criticize that. To be honest, there isn't, in my opinion, there isn't a really great deal you can criticize Potter for, really. Or say he should have done this differently, he should have done that differently. I personally can't think of anything off the top of my head. Maybe make sub substitutions earlier, but that's the same as we had on the Hewton. You make the same three subs over and over again. Yeah, I don't think you can really can we ask that question really just as of yet, as we haven't seen Deserby really coach and take over any sort of Brighton games as of yet. I don't know if he was in charge yesterday. We had the preseason or the behind closed doors, or he's just watching. I don't know. So yeah, just ask me that at the end of October, and then I'll uh, I'll have an answer for you then. Okay, I will do. I'll I'll write it down in my diary now. Ask Aaron what anyway so yeah curtis aaron's raised a really good point yesterday we apparently played a behind closed doors friendlies against uh chelsea now this has got a few fans uh backs up um a lot of fans saying that uh, the club haven't read the mood of the fans particularly well um if it's true that deserby did attend that do you think he, well do you would you like to think that he would have seen what our boys can do and start to get an idea of what he would like to do at the helm. Well, if the rumours were true that he was at the ground yesterday, which which I did hear, um, I don't know how true that actually is, but um, then that's that's a good thing, as you say, if he got to see our, our players play. But in regards to that to that game, it's 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 a weird one to me. It's a very very strange one. But also, you've got to think of it in this way: it's not the it's not really the club's job to sort of read the room in regards to the fans you know they are a football team and the the team it's good to get some minutes in for them um regardless of the opponent and everything i can understand definitely the backlash what with the whole potter situation and everything else but um yeah uh yeah i just think it's good that he could potentially see us play and he knows what to expect yeah, definitely. And Mark's just raised a really good point here, Dan. Now, um, we know that Crofts and Lalana they stepped up when the club asked them. Apparently, uh, Paul Barber was very impressed with how receptive Adam Lalana was to the call to help. And Andrew Croft said how important Adam Lalana would be in the dressing room um, in regards to that sort of transition. Um so Mark's question, Dan, is what do you think Crofts and the Lana's roles will be? Do you think they'll go back to their previous roles? So can you see Crofty going back to the 23s and Adam Lana being a player, um, but also, again, being that sort of intermediary between the coaching staff and the playing staff? I think, uh, of course, we'll go back to being um, uh, the under-23s manager. I would love to see Lana be part of the coach staff and still play. If that's possible, because obviously he's, you know, we all know what Lalana's like with his injuries and stuff. If, if that's obviously they've started to pop up again, um, I'd love to still be the voice on the pitch and, and off of it. Um, that's if there's a space for him. And obviously, it all depends on who deserves what to bring in on his own backroom staff anyway. I'd imagine he probably wants somebody around, around him that he can sort of nose the club, which Lalana would probably be perfect for. 
But um, yeah, it's all down to him. But that's but I'd love it if Lalana was part of the coaching staff and obviously and still play. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> one of the things that always caught me about when we were playing games behind closed doors in uh, during COVID times was you could just hear Adam Lalana absolutely shouting at people, um, you know, giving instructions out on the pitch. And I think. A team needs leaders, um, and especially at turbulent times like we've just seen over recent weeks, it's really important that the senior uh, members of the dressing room step up and they sort of, you know, they they settle things down because a lot of those young players, especially newer ones like Purvis, like Billy Gilmore, they'd certainly be feeling a bit sort of, well, I'd be feeling quite, you know, unsure about what the future holds. So it's really important that the likes of Adam Lallana have, you know, stepped up, stepped in to help steady the ship, as it were. And um, Joe says there, sorry, I'm just going to put that back on the screen, that he thinks Lallana will adopt the Bruno role. Um, It's no secret that we like to get players, especially ex-players or current players. We like to get them into sort of positions within the club. Um, helping in coaching roles, in scouting uh, departments. We've done it with the likes of Gary Dicker, Gordon Greer, uh, Andrew Crofts, um, you know, Ben Roberts, Bruno. Um, but we don't talk about Bruno. Aaron, let's look ahead. Let's look ahead to Liverpool. And it's going to be a tough one, I know, because obviously we don't know what's going to happen in training. We do not know what Deserby is going to see. We don't really even know how Deserby is going to set up. But what would you put as forward as your starting eleven for Liverpool? Would you keep it the same as what we've already seen this season, or would you adjust? Would you tinker? I would be. I think you would, your thoughts. I think you would have to tinker a tiny bit because you want to put your own sort of footprint. On, on the team, you don't want to be like, I oh, will carry on the exact same formation, even though it's working. You know, that's definitely it was working under Potter, but you know, he deserves he's got to put his own own sort of footprint on things. And I think it's only fair, I think it's only fair, if, you know, if we go to Anfield and get smashed 5 0, okay, then you know, it is what it is. It's his first game, give him, we've got to give him time. And I think as a club, we do that anyway. Um, no, we're not, we're not a sacking club. We never have been. Even when we had Hoopier, we just it had to end up resigning before he got sacked. Just time is going to be his sort of his, his best friend in that sense. He, we will be given that here. I think I personally would go four three three, personally, um, and probably I think so who would you who would you really drop? That's the thing. Welbeck, Trossard, March. No, they they all start. They'd be my front three. I mean, with midfield three of Gross, McAllister, Casado, Veltman, Webster, Dunk, Purvis, and then obviously Sanchez and Goal. That's who I personally would would go with. It. It all de- it all depends on on how they train. As well, you can't, like you said earlier, Tommy, it's all ifs and buts and maybes at the moment. And in, until until 2, 2 p.m. on the 1st of October, when we see those team sheets for the first time, I think that's when we'll get a good indication of really where, where we are with the Serbian, where he seems to want to take us and see if he can take us there. But as 
as a, as a fan, I, I think this is probably maybe one of the most exciting times we've had as a football club. Like it's one of our sort of more interesting appointments in terms of you know no one's really heard of him beforehand. You know you've heard of Hoopy, you've heard of Keaton, you've heard of Potter, you know etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Probably since Oscar Garcia, realistically. Where before Oscar came in, I, I didn't really know much about him. Um, obviously, everyone knows Gus Poyet, obviously. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. As a Brian fan, I, I think this is a really exciting time for the club. And I think I said that in in the live we did last time with uh, Potter leaving is, you know, this could be the start of a demise, but then that was looking in a negative way. And this could be the start, again, of something quite special. You just, you just don't know. I mean, that's the beauty of it, is you just do not know what the hell is going to happen. And it's, We've got two weeks to sort of sit back and just freeze wait, and that's what we can do. And I I'm, I'm, don't know about you guys, but I'm really looking forward to it. You know, the new era starts now, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Curtis, do you uh, echo Aaron's excitement there? I mean, I, I definitely agree. You know, underneath all the disappointment of Potter and all the staff leaving, there was that realm of excitement about who are we going to get next? Who's going to take us on that next part of that journey? Are you just excited to see Deserby Ball in action? Yeah, uh, very much so. I mean, admittedly, I was a bit like, not scared, but a bit worried. I was like, you know what? what are we going to do now and everything and we were linked with so many different people i was like and like you said it, it really in reality this hasn't taken too long but it's felt like it's taken forever and I, so to finally have this thing it's 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 quite a relief to have to have a, a new manager and i'm just i'm just excited uh, to see any sort of football from us at this point uh you know two cancel games and 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 whatnot um yeah, I just think it'll be really good to see what happens, win, lose or draw, how we're set up, what he wants to do with us, uh, how he, you know, shapes and moulds our squad. I think it's going to be it's exciting, as as Aaron said. Enough mumbling. I'm excited about it. I'm glad you're excited, mate. I am too. Um, Dan, I mean, less, the Leicester game feels like forever ago. It really does. So, And now we've got to wait two weeks. Um, what and what a baptism of fire it will be for Deserby to go to Anfield um, and take on Liverpool. Now Liverpool have had a bit of a stuttering start to the season. Um, however, they're obviously managed by Jurgen Klopp, who's a very good manager. They've got some fantastic players in there. Um, it's not going to be an easy game by any measure. But Aaron mentioned a really good point here about giving Deserby time. How how important do you think it is that? Brighton fans, I mean, we're not, let's be honest, Brighton fans are not the same as Chelsea fans. And the reason I say Chelsea fans is because obviously Twitter was awash with Chelsea fans um, after they played their European game uh, the other night. Uh, 1-1, it ended for them and there was Potter out, trending and all this stuff. We're not like that. We're not that impatient. We've seen much harder times than Chelsea fans. But even so, Dan, how important is it that Brighton fans remain patient with the Zerbi so he can get his ideas across? Um, I think with this, when you say with the, uh, the given the time, um, there'll be some people who will basically be straight away. Lose Liverpool, 
even though it's Liverpool, they'll be like, oh, maybe this isn't the right guy. They'll be a small minority just because, just because, for clicks and for arguments or whatever. Um, I think we are a club that give give they do give um, managers time. You know, we've we've never been one to go a few games in and go, oh, it's not working. Off you go. Like Watford, as I say, Watford. Watford are very notorious for that because I think one year they had like four managers in the season. Um, but yeah, we we just got to hope and pray that we do all right. I think the first game is pretty much a. I think a game that he didn't really want to have as a first game. He probably more would like something like I don't know if you if you like that sort of thing with Palace and that. That would be a better game for for him because obviously what the first what way to, to do to have your debut as a derby, even though it could be um, could go either way, and obviously that sort of thing. Um, I think you're not gonna you're not gonna know if he's a good manager from facing Liverpool, win or lose. I think because um, you say Liverpool on a terrible run, even in Champions League as well, they they're doing terrible, um, but. I think I can't. I don't, I don't remember what the game is after that. Maybe that was the sort of one. Maybe you sort of look at and go, "That's what. That's what we've got to look at to sort of see if he's any good." I think it's uh, Liverpool Spurs. I want to say Forest, and then Chelsea. I think. Oh no, I City. Think so. City I think... Chelsea. I, I know. It, I know. It's Forest is midweek. I know that. And then I feel, I feel like it is. I know. I, know, I think so. I know it's. We've got, we got a Brentford game as well coming up as well. It's. Uh, I'm just looking at it here. Liverpool, Tottenham, Brentford, Forest, and City. It's de- it's definitely going to be the, like, the Forest game we're going to look at and go see if he's a, if he's going to be yeah. the manager we can take us I'd, forward. I'd, I'd probably say yeah, the Brentford and Forest game. And then after that, it's going to be. City away, which is a you know it's a free hit. We just sort of that one out really. Let's be real. Um, and then the Chelsea game at the end of October, which will be fun. Yeah, they'll be they'll be they'll be interesting for like no reason whatsoever. So. Yeah, I can't think I can't think of a reason why it'd be be like interesting. Um, okay, yeah, I mean let's talk so let's talk about first games. I mean Aaron, uh, we've already said you know Liverpool. You know, bit stuttering in the league, Champions League form not great. Do you think for a new manager coming in? Do you think this is a, a good game to be going as, into as your first game, or would you prefer a uh, a game against? And you'll forgive me for this. Uh, teams that we're perhaps not expected to beat, but we're perhaps expected to get a result from. Shall we say? I don't, I don't think it's an easy game in the Premier League. Doesn't matter who you play, in my opinion. And Liverpool may be stuttering. They may not be as good as they were last year, but they're still a world-class football team. They're, they still have world-class players. And I think people, for some reason, seem to forget that recently. And, you know, Christ, you know, you've got Mohamed Salah, you've got, oh, pardon me, you've got Van Dijk, etc. You know, these are all world-class, talented players. They're just out of form. They're just out of form, and is it a good time to play them? There's probably no good time to play them. You know, it's like, is it a good time to play City? Well, no, because their their squad depth is ridiculous. And if we go to Anfield and play like we did last year, then 
that's cool. I'll be absolutely buzzing with that. You know, taking a point away from Anfield is a fantastic result, and especially in Deserby's first game, it'd be even better. Time, I know I keep saying it, time will tell. So honestly, time, I sound like I repeat myself, but time is going to tell what sort of manager he is, what sort of appointment it will become, and how the players will adapt. Because it's going to be, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. Like no one is going to come in there and be the set of Graham Potter two point You know, he will have his own way of playing, his own uh, tactics, his own methods, and he needs to have time to to bring that in. And I think having the international break is a good time to do that. Yeah, agreed. I mean, you know, we've talked for a good half an hour now about it. I mean, it is a, it's very exciting. I think, you know, we want to all get that point across. It's a very exciting appointment. He's obviously got a, a you know, a really good history of being a football coach. You know, a lot of people seem to really, really rate him. Um, and Joe is saying that here that Deserby will be unveiled at Lansing on Tuesday afternoon. So, yes, of course, uh, of course, being tomorrow being the uh, Queen's funeral. I'm sure the club will be, um, you know, respectfully uh, withholding such a, an unveiling, as it were. Um, but no, that's uh, completely understandable that it will be all done on Tuesday. I want them to unveil him like a new car, like put a sheet over him and be like, uh, yeah, or like a big cloche, you know, like a... Yeah, <laughs> I'd be here for that. Or like a magic trick. Uh, and then he's like, or saw him in half. It appears in a big hat, like a big top hat. That'd be great. Love it. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we've, as you've said, Aaron, it's a very much a case of wait and see. But what I do like is there, there, there is this air of excitement on social media. There is an air of excitement on Twitter. There's an air of excitement at the Albion Obsessed in our group chat. You know, we're really excited um, about how we're going to play under Deserby. But at the moment, it is, there is still so much we do not know. So, Join us on the journey for the rest of the season. Just really quickly, before we come to an end, there is a question that I was asked by a friend of mine last night. My friend is a Chelsea fan, um, and he was very good. He did not uh, rib too much, but what he did ask, he said to me, what would be, obviously, six games in, really good start, but now new manager has, is coming in. What would constitute a good season for Brighton under their new manager? So, Aaron... What do you end of season? What would be a good season for you? Top ten, personally. That's still that's the a, aim. I think that's a realistic aim. I, I don't think you can say European football. I don't think that's particularly fair to, to, to sort of not demand it, but expect it. I think is is it's not fair. Um, top ten, I think would be would be a, a good aim, a realistic aim. And then I think after that next year, we'll have to just see. We'll have to see how the season goes, really. And, you know, transfer window coming up in only, what, 12 games time, is it? I think it's still 12 games for us. And that's not many at all, really. And if he brings his own players, we might even back him. We, we may even back him in the January transfer market. We're like, you know, he's like sort of £40 million going go and bring some players in. You know, it's very unlike us to, to do that, but it all depends. It all really does depend on how our season's going. But I'm looking forward to it. It should be, should be an interesting and exciting couple of months, to say the very least. 
It certainly will be. Uh, just really quickly then, Curtis, do you share Aaron's optimism? Do you think that top 10, or as Joe's put in the comments below, anywhere above 12th, do you think that would constitute a good season for the Albion? Or would just staying up constitute success at this moment in time? Tony Bloom, dust off the trophy cabinet. Okay, no, no, obviously, like, like legitimately, we, we've got to be, we've got to be realistic here. I mean, I, I agree with exactly what Joe has put there, anywhere above twelfth. Um, but I would ideally like us to to be in the top ten. I, I, you know, I agree wholeheartedly with Aaron, but I would take anywhere above twelfth. Yep, Dan. Same question to you. Top ten, top twelve, top fifteen, just above relegation zone. Europe, Champions League. What do you reckon? See, I, I thought to start off with, obviously, with Graham Potter's doing how he, uh, how he was doing. I was thinking literally with how everyone else is doing. I was thinking literally like the top the top six could be there for the taking. Now he's gone. They're sort of like, do would you would you really expect a new manager to, to basically be able to do the same thing? So I pretty much agree with the others, really. So top top 10, top 12, any anywhere mid-table would, would be fine for me. I think anything else extra than that, bonus that's pretty much it yep i think so top 10 definitely would be uh would be fantastic that would be a good season to, for us um and that's what i said to my friend last night top 10 uh, is where i would want us to finish uh but above 12th anywhere above them would really be a bonus uh but we'll, we'll wait and see as aaron has said several times it's all a bit of wait and see let that's us know your it, thoughts it, it is it is literally that is it is just time will tell no time will tell, and Christ, it's an exciting appointment. Let's get behind him and enjoy it. Enjoy the ride, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the ride. I, I have to go. I, I agree, Alex. The next six games are uh, are quite uh, daunting, but it's a Premier League. I don't think you, there's a time when the fixtures aren't daunting, really. But uh, I've got to shoot off now, gents. It's been a pleasure. Bye, Aaron. See you later on. See you later, buddy. Thank you for joining us tonight, Aaron. Uh, yes, Alex, yeah, the next six fixtures are going to be tough. It is going to be a baptism of fire for the new man. Uh, but I think, as we've said tonight, guys, it's really important that we just give uh, him the time and the space to do what he needs to do. I don't think we can really judge him until he's had maybe like January in the summer transfer windows to bring in players that suit his style of football, that he's really... Uh, him and the players have really spent a good amount of time together so they can get the ideas across. This isn't something that can be easily fixed overnight. You know, Graham Potter had us playing in a very particular way. And, you know, by all accounts, it looks like De Zerbi plays similar style of possession-based football, but the players will be asked to be doing different things, different roles. You know, Solly March, let's take Solly March, for instance, um, because under different managers, he's played in all sorts of different positions. He's played as a number 10 under Oscar Garcia. He's played as a winger um, under Hewton. He's played as a wing back under Potter. I don't think there's anywhere on the pitch that Solly March hasn't played. So God knows where Deserve he's going to put him in uh, a starting 11. But as I say, guys, it's going to be a lot of waiting and seeing. And you're on the journey with us, Albion Obsessed viewers. We are here for it. We are here and we're going to share our thoughts and opinions with you. So don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Drop us comments. Let us know what you think of the new appointment of Roberto De Zerbi signed on a four-year deal pending 
international clearance to be unveiled on Tuesday. It is an exciting time and it's just nice that it's finally over. It seems like, as I say, forever ago since that Leicester game. It seems forever ago that our world was almost turned upside down and inside out by a man named Graham from Soli Hull, which I'm sad to say is about half an hour away from where I live. I will be writing a strongly worded letter to Soli Hull and telling them about themselves because that's just not on. But anyway, we don't want to live in the past anymore. We want to live in Deserby Ball future. We are here for it. We are here for you. So, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you today, Dan and Curtis and Aaron, who has left us. Thank you for your comments throughout, guys. Keep it real. Uh, enjoy your evening. Uh, have a wonderful week and we'll hopefully see you next time and we'll hopefully be chatting about what a wonderful game we have played under Roberto De Zerbi. Tom, you can tell you're over 30, by the way, after this what you just Keep did. it real. Yeah. yeah I, I, am, uh, I, am, I, I am over 30. I'm very, very tired. I'm over 30 and I went out. I went out, 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 out. And my God, I'm feeling it. Um, but anyway, less about my uh, my silliness. Yeah, 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 that's right, Tony. Gotta, gotta keep it real. Yeah. Yeah, sorry if you're one of the young hip people who have joined us from Twitter and there's this like old man going, keep it real, kids. Uh, but no, seriously, take it easy, guys. Have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next time for some more wonderful Albion Obsessed content. Keep your eyes on the channel because we're always posting awesome stuff. Yeah. We'll see you next time, guys. Thank you, viewers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.